For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Durst Show. I generally don't wear a t-shirt um, when I'm uh, broadcasting, but I got this t-shirt recently from FIRE, uh, this great organization that has replaced the ACLU in defending free speech. And the t-shirt says, free speech makes free people. And I wear it around Martha's Vineyard every day because they really, really need to know that lesson. Um, any event, FIRE is a great organization and it's necessary uh, to prevent the kind of censorship we're hearing today, predominantly from, from the left, but uh, obviously from the extreme right as well. So today's show was stimulated really by a couple of things. A conversation I had with my son, Elon, and also a letter, one of the letters I got um, uh, today. I'll read you the letter first. Um, it says, having lived through the turbulent Watergate era, I hope that the president, regardless of party, would, in the case of conviction, issue a pardon for the good of the nation. President Gerald Ford, who moved into the office from Speaker of the House, uh, made a calm and well-reasoned case for the pardon of Richard Nixon. His decision was the right one, and the American people accepted it and moved forward. The biggest challenge today is restoring faith among the electorate <clears throat> in our process. Well, it's an interesting point. Um, of course, Gerald Ford paid a heavy price for pardoning Richard Nixon. Um, many people attributed his loss to a very, very weak Democratic candidate, Jimmy Carter, to that uh, pardon. My son Elon and I had the privilege of having dinner with uh, Betty Ford and, and President uh, Ford in Palm Springs a few years after his presidency. Um, I was invited by the Fords to give a speech uh, to his club in, in Palm Beach. Ironically, I didn't know it was a club that for many years excluded Jews, but by the time I accepted the speech, uh, they, they, they were accepted. But uh, lots of clubs in, in Palm Springs and Palm Beach and other places excluded Jews and blacks and, and, and Catholics, many of them. In any event, I went and I made the speech. And after the speech, uh, we were invited to have a quiet dinner, just the four of us, me, my son, Elon, and Betty Ford and Gerald Ford. Uh, and we obviously talked about uh, his pardon. And um, he said it was the hardest decision he, he made and the one he was most proud of. Interestingly enough, the second decision that he was most proud of was appointing Justice Stevens, John Paul Stevens, to the Supreme Court, who he appointed as a conservative and who turned out to be more liberal and joined the majority in many of the more liberal uh, gay rights decisions and uh, abortion decisions. Notwithstanding that, he said he was so proud of that decision because it, it really showed uh, how the Supreme Court uh, could be um, nonpartisan and, uh, and uh, that uh, Supreme Court justices don't have to comply with the politics of the people who, who appointed them. In any event, we, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the, the pardon itself. Um, uh, Gerald Ford had little good to say about Richard Nixon. 
uh, Richard Nixon clearly was guilty of impeachable offenses, although there's a new book coming out now which tries to put a different light on the Nixon charges. I'm anxious to read the book. I haven't read it. I'm very familiar with the charges that were made against him, including obstruction of justice, destruction of evidence, and uh, all that. We all remember the 14-minute, uh, whatever it was, a gap in the tapes, um, which many people attribute, if not to Richard Nixon himself, to somebody who was obeying his orders. We don't know what was on those uh, tapes, but there surely wouldn't have been anything that was a positive for Richard Nixon, and they, they disappeared. And, and back in those days, it was a technology that could disappear. Uh, today, it's very hard to make anything disappear. We know from today's headlines that Donald Trump has claimed that um, the, the committee, the select, non-select committee of all Democrats, um, made its records disappear. We'll see whether that's true or not. Those kinds of records, modern records, are very hard to make disappear. Um, uh, obviously, um, Hillary Clinton knew how hard it was. She is alleged to have destroyed 30-something thousand emails and, and then destroying the machines uh, themselves. And, and I think they did manage to uh, make those disappear forever. Um, but, um, uh, but we'll see whether or not the, the Congress made things disappear. My, my hunch is that they'll be able to be recovered, but we'll see. So the question that I want to pose today is one that's been posed to me by a number of people. Elon has pushed it very hard, but other people I've met as, as well have pushed it very hard. Would it be in the interest of the United States, forget about the Republicans, forget about the Democrats, forget about who's going to win the next election, would it be in the interest of the United States of America for President Biden now, preemptively, before any trial, to um, pardon uh, President, um, former President Trump. Now, let's be clear what the law is and what the facts are. Um, President Biden has the complete total authority to pardon President Trump from all federal crimes and federal prosecutions. That would mean the Florida case and the District of Columbia case. Nobody can control that. It's his constitutional prerogative. He doesn't have to explain it to anybody. It doesn't have to be reasonable or rational. If the president says, pardon, that's the end of it. It's, it's a pardon. Now, what the president cannot do is pardon former President Trump uh, for the charges arising both in New York, state crime, uh, prosecuted by uh, District Attorney Bragg, the worst indictment I have ever seen. There's no crime charge there, and I can't imagine a court would have pulled it. But in any event, President Trump cannot pardon him for New York. He can't pardon him either for um, the investigation that's going on now in Fulton County, Georgia. That's an interesting one because um, the case in New York is purely state and had nothing to do with his being president. It's nothing to do with uh, federal court. It's about whether he um, misled corporate, I don't know what, for putting on his form a uh, failure to state that he had paid hush money to uh, the um, uh, porn star, uh, a pure state crime. The case in Georgia, although it's a state crime, is really very, very much involved with the federal United States Constitution because it's uh, uh, a state crime that charges that he was trying to persuade a state official 
to create votes in a federal election. Remember his statement, it's on a phone call. And so there's no doubt about what he said and what the tone was. Uh, he said, um, uh, you should try to find, find, not create, manufacture, concoct, try to find 11,000 votes, which would put me over the top. Find has a meaning. It means it's lost, it's there. And I'm asking you to find it. I'm going to ask you to make it up. So I think it's a weak very weak case unless there's more to it. Now, I don't know what else might be in the indictment. So it's a state indictment about a federal matter. But nonetheless, um, President uh, Biden could not uh, pardon him for that. He might be able to get it dismissed from state court saying it's really a federal matter. And if it were then re-prosecuted in federal court, there could be there could be a, uh, a pardon. Now, put that in, putting that aside, let's assume that the two major charges, and that's correct, at the moment, the two major charges are federal charges, uh, uh, the charge that he uh, possessed unauthorized classified material, showed it to a writer and a publisher, and then obstructed justice by telling people who work for him to erase the video, et cetera, et cetera. All clear federal crimes and all clearly within the power of President Biden to, um, to pardon. Um, President Biden could also pardon the January 6th. January 6th is a completely, completely federal crime. Uh, fake electors, uh, lying um, to Congress. By the way, the new memo that's come out revealed on the front page, I think of the New York Times, shows how lawyers were deeply involved in, in this plan, just like lawyers were deeply involved in the 2000 election. Professor Lawrence Tribe, my former colleague, was um, Al Gore's main lawyer until he was fired uh, or demoted and wasn't allowed to argue in the Supreme Court. And uh, um, they made a terrible mistake by picking David Boyce, who was utterly incompetent in, in trying to argue a Supreme Court case. He had really no experience. He didn't know anything about the Constitution, didn't know anything about federal law, didn't know anything about Article I, Article II. But there he was making a fool of himself and, and arguing the case in the Supreme Court. He lost it, of course. And, um, but much of the strategy was designed by, by Professor Lawrence Tribe. And now the prosecutors in the case against Donald Trump are using the arguments made by uh, Lawrence Tribe uh, back in 2000 against President Trump. It just shows the absurdity of this, of this whole matter. But um, just to get back to our topic, the president, uh, Biden, can preemptively uh, pardon um, uh, President Trump for that crime. So the question that I want to pose to you, and I'm sure I'll get a lot of letters, is should he? I think people on both sides are going to say no. Uh, people on the Democratic side are going to say, wait a minute, this guy committed all these crimes. Um, uh, he, sh he shouldn't be pardoned. Uh, he should have to go to jail. Um, there are some crazies who even say, well, since somebody died after the January 6th speech, he should be executed. That's not going to happen. And I doubt he'll get uh, prison time either. But the people on the left are clearly going to say, no way, no way. If, if you pardon uh, this, this arch criminal, we're not going to vote for you. Who are they going to vote for? They're going to vote for the arch criminal? It's, it's silly. But, um, but uh, the, the, they, so the people on the left are going to oppose it. But the Trump supporters and Trump himself may oppose it. 
he may say, or they may say, look, we, we want to be acquitted. We don't want to be pardoned. Pardon implies maybe uh, he was guilty. Now, we know a pardon does not have to be accepted. Um, there was a time when people thought that a pardon becomes effective only if it's accepted. Uh, no, that's not the law. A pardon is a pardon. And the Supreme Court held, I think in 1912, I'm not sure of the year, Justice Holmes' opinion, that the president has the prerogative to pardon. Doesn't matter whether the person accepts it or not. He's pardoned. He's pardoned. He can't stay in jail. He's going to have to pay rent if he stays in jail. He's a free man. He's pardoned. Um, it doesn't have to be accepted. But there'll be those who say that if Trump pardons uh, is pardoned by Biden, that will be an indicia of guilt of some kind. No, we're going to fight this out. We're going to fight this out. Well, you know, both sides uh, want to see this fought out. But is it good for America? Would it be better for America? Would it be better to try to unify the country the way President Ford unified the country at great personal sacrifice to himself and at great political cost to himself and to the Republican Party um, by pardoning Richard Nixon and putting the matter behind us and saying this nightmare is finally over. I have to tell you, the current nightmare is worse than the nightmare of, of Watergate because the country is so much more divided. Remember, too, that when Nixon was threatened with impeachment, the people who persuaded him to resign were not the Democrats, not the Adam Schiff's of the world, uh, not the, the Chuck Schumer's of the world. The people who persuaded him to resign were the Republicans, the leading Republicans who went to him and said, we can't support you. If you're prosecuted, we'll support the prosecution. If you're impeached, we'll support the impeachment. So you have no choice. You're either going to be impeached and then prosecuted, because you can prosecute somebody after an impeachment. There's no double jeopardy. It's provided explicitly in the Constitution. By the way, the president can pardon anybody for anything except impeachment. The president can't pardon somebody who's been impeached. The Constitution says that explicitly. But that's not the case today. That is, Republicans are not coming to Donald Trump and saying, well, you know, uh, uh, plead guilty or resign or stop running. No, they're fighting. They're saying this is a witch hunt. This is unfair. Uh, and the other side is saying it would be terrible to drop the charges. So you're not going to get support from either the extreme right or the extreme left for a preemptive presidential pardon. That doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. I think the arguments for and against a pardon are, are fairly clear. My son, Elon, makes a very, very compelling argument, very compelling argument, that there should be um, uh, a pardon, that the country is just torn apart, and that uh, President Biden getting up and saying, look, I think what he did was wrong. I think he could be convicted of a crime. But two things. Number one, I want to unite the country. And number two, I want this election to be on a level playing field. I don't want the advantage of having a man being prosecuted running against me. I want to beat him fair and square. So let him be pardoned. Then he'll run against me. He's not going to be facing trial. He's not going to have the excuse that he can't campaign. I want to beat him fair and square. I have to tell you, I think Biden would beat him fair and square. I think Biden would win. Let me put it this way. I don't think anybody's going to win the 2024 election, but somebody's going to lose. 
And I suspect that Donald Trump will lose. And uh, therefore, the winner by default will be President Biden, unless, unless a third party candidate uh, emerges. If the third party candidate is, is Bobby Kennedy, who I think will not run in the general election, he's only running in the primary, that's my view. If President if 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 Bobby Kennedy were to run in the general election, he would become the Ralph Nader. Uh, Ralph Nader, of course, deprived Al Gore of being president. If not for Ralph Nader, um, Al Gore would have won Florida and would have won the election and would have been the president. Um, how different the country would be, I, I, I leave to you. Um, 9-11 occurred uh, very shortly after uh, Bush won the presidency. You know, my view has always been, and I've been perfectly happy to state it, I wrote it in the book, Al Gore won that election. He won Florida. He had more votes in Florida than, than um, his opponent, than, than Bush. But enough people accidentally voted for Pat Buchanan because of the butterfly ballot to turn Florida and therefore the United States over to, to Bush. So I think that election was stolen. Uh, from Al Gore by Bush. People can disagree. Read my book. It's called Supreme Injustice. I lay out the case. It was a New York Times bestseller, very good reviews. Uh, people disagree with it. Read the book and you, you'll, you'll get a sense of, of, of uh, whether you think that election was stolen or not. But nobody went after the people who said it was stolen, whether it be uh, Lawrence Tribe or me uh, or anybody else. Uh, the rules have changed now. Now you can't challenge an election without being threatened with criminal uh, prosecution. And so uh, that's another reason for issuing a pardon. The arguments against issuing a pardon are, look, the criminal justice system should operate. Uh, let's find out uh, what a jury thinks. Let's find out what a properly charged jury in an appropriate jurisdiction thinks. Right now, we don't have that. We have a skewed jury uh, selected from a pool of 95% anti-Trump voters in front of a judge who served in a law firm, which um, has had all kind of conflict of interest charges. And there's a conflict of interest here too. I filed a conflict of interest charge myself against the firm and prevailed. Um, but um, uh, uh, the judge is not fair. The, the jury is not fair. The venue is not fair. The crimes alleged are not fair. So, <clears throat> you know, there's a strong case for a pardon. There's a strong case against the pardon. Uh, on a level playing field, I have a hunch that Trump might not be convicted. Uh, there might be hung jury. Uh, there might be an acquittal. In Florida, there might be an acquittal. There might be a hung jury. We don't know. New York, even if there's a conviction, it'll be reversed on appeal. There's just no crime. And the District of Columbia, I guess, we'll, we'll wait and see. The trial shouldn't be in the District of Columbia. It should be in West Virginia or Virginia or some other purple um, district, uh, which gives a defendant the opportunity to get a jury of his peers, uh, not a jury that hates his guts and, and not only votes against him, but uh, cancels anybody who voted for him. I didn't vote for him, but even anybody who voted against him who defended him? When, when, imagine the vote being taken place in Martha's Vineyard in Chilmark, where um, you can't even speak if you've um, if you've defended uh, uh, Trump. Well, that's why I belong to Fire because 
I want to continue to speak and I want you to continue to hear me speak. Remember, the First Amendment has two edges to it. One, the right of the speaker to speak, and second, the right of the listener to hear. And when a speaker is banned like me, um, then uh, the two rights are denied because the people in Chilmark, the very few perhaps, who want to hear me speak uh, are denied that, that opportunity. And that happened at the book fair this week where I was banned and prevented from uh, speaking or selling my books. That's why I gave them out free to anybody who wanted them because I want people to read my books. I don't care. I don't write books to make money. Um, uh, I write books to have my, my books read. And so um, I'm happy to give out free books to people who couldn't get them at the book fair or at the library or other places. Because for me, free speech is paramount. I, I completely agree that freedom of speech uh, makes uh, free people and censorship makes unfree people. George Washington said that. Thomas Jefferson said that. Uh, it's been part of our national tradition for years, and it's being destroyed today at major universities. It's being destroyed today in, in left-wing strongholds in America. It's being destroyed today by elements within the Democratic Party. Um, I grew up when it was being destroyed by elements within the Republican Party, uh, McCarthyism. I was the president of my college, president of Brooklyn College, student government president of Brooklyn College, at a time when communists were, were being fired. And um, I stood up for the rights of communists to speak and teach, even though I hated communism with a passion, passion in my home. Stalin was uh, roughly the equivalent of, of, of Hitler, except in terms of numbers. But, you know, Stalin was busy killing Jews, busy killing Ukrainians, uh, uh, obviously, Stalin killed more Ukrainians than Putin. Um, but um, the, the, the freedom of speech was paramount for me. And I defended communists and Nazis and pornographers, you name it. I defended them because they have the right of, of, of free speech. Okay, let's see what our letters today include, uh, other than the one I already read uh, about a pardoning Trump. I'm interested in your letters. I'm, I, I I'd love to know how many people uh, think that it would be right. I don't think anybody thinks it's going to happen. I doubt it's going to happen. I doubt it's going to happen before the election. I doubt or before the prosecutions. And I doubt it would happen after the election. I mean, there are two possibilities, many possibilities. But let's assume Trump gets convicted and Biden gets reelected. Would he pardon him at that point, a la um, um, the, the uh, pardoning of, of Nixon? Uh, or what if um, uh, Trump is convicted and he gets reelected? Could he pardon himself? The answer to that in the Constitution is absolutely clear, without any doubt. And the answer is no one knows. No one knows whether a president can pardon himself. It was never discussed or debated in the Constitution. Certainly never voted on. There are some statements that would suggest maybe he couldn't, but there are text of the Constitution, which doesn't seem to limit it, limits it so as not to permit pardons on impeachment, but it doesn't limit it if a president is convicted and then pardons himself. Okay. Um, this is a nice one. It's such an honor to listen to you, Professor Dershowitz, and thank you, Elon Dershowitz, for producing this show with your wonderful father. Much respect to you both. Uh, Elon does more than produce the show. He comes up with the topics. Uh, he's the guy who uh, made it uh, 
possible for 600,000 people on YouTube to watch the show. I think that was more people during that period of time than CNN had watching its show. So thank you all for, for watching and, 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 and listening and uh, may the numbers increase. Um, okay, this is a good one. Mrs. Dershowitz, is the prosecution naming co-conspirators of Trump akin to witness intimidation by the prosecutors? In other words, if they think they're going to be prosecuted now, they might turn state's evidence against Trump. Thank you, sir. I love your show and how you play unbiased, always siding with the Constitution. That is one of the most brilliant questions I've ever been asked. It's really, really a smart question. And I think you have something there. I really do think that uh, in naming people as unindicted co-conspirators, which is hanging the sort of Damocles over their head, sends a message to these people pick your side. If you testify for Trump, if you testify against Trump, you're safe. Uh, so I think it is in substance, if not in form, but in substance, it really is obstruction of justice and witness tampering. You know, this is not a new idea for me. I split with the ACLU in 19, must have been 70 or 71 or two in that era when Nixon was named as an unindicted co-conspirator to some of the Watergate burglars or uh, maybe it was the attorney general. I don't remember exactly. I do remember that I got up at the ACLU and I said, no, it's a violation of civil liberties for any American to be named as an unindicted co-conspirator because that means the grand jury is saying you're guilty but you have no chance to defend yourself. You can't demand a trial if you're an unindicted co-conspirator. So I think the whole concept of an unindicted co-conspirator is just a tactic to give the prosecutor a tremendous advantage. It also gives the prosecutor the power to say, look, if Donald Trump says he got advice from Rudy Giuliani or Eastwood or anybody else, we can respond by saying, yeah, but they're co-criminals. They were indicted along with him. So he can't claim advice of counsel, when the counsel that he sought advice from or he got advice from are themselves criminals. So it's a tactic and it's a kind of sleazy tactic. So I don't approve of it. And, and thank you for your really, really, really good question. It comes from Wise Christian Channel. And you are a wise man. It's a good question. Okay. I have a question for you, Alan. What would you do if there is something like a Project 65, 65 project, uh, preventing you from getting good lawyers? Keep in mind, you won't be able to find a good lawyer in order to sue that project. Well, there's one good lawyer I could find, and you're looking at him. And if I have to sue Project 65 myself, I will do it. And I suspect I will get some support, maybe from FIRE, maybe from this organization for defending uh, liberty and, and, and free speech, because a lot of these lawyers who are being threatened with disbarment and discipline are being threatened because of what they've said. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I can find a good lawyer. Uh, I hope there are more out there who would be willing to do this. Mr. Dershowitz, is there a time limit to a federal criminal trial? The way I see it, the crucial thing is not when Trump trials begin, but when the verdicts are delivered. Could Trump's lawyers try to run out the clock by calling witness after witness after witness so that the trials would not conclude until after the election? Yeah. The district cut judge, the trial judge can impose limits. 
But that's subject to review by the Court of Appeals. For example, if this judge, with her background, were to say, look, prosecution, you can put on as many witnesses as you want to try to prove that Trump either knew or should have known that he had lost the election. But I'm going to limit the number of people who Trump could put on saying, wait a minute, we think the election was stolen. We said so. And Trump listened to us. So I think the judge will take her cue from how many witnesses the prosecution put on. I know the prosecution tried to get um, um, uh, President Trump's uh, son-in-law to say that President Trump knew about it, but apparently he testified the opposite, saying, no, he, he insists that he lost. He's still saying that he won. He's still saying he won the election. I mean, he hasn't deviated from that at all. I think it's going to be very hard for the prosecution to prove that he actually believed it. But the judge is going to give an instruction that favors the prosecution. I predict that. And my predictions, as you know, generally tend to come true. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to run out the clock. I think the crucial issue in timing, and we don't know the answer to this, is whether the Trump team will move immediately for a recusal change of venue. They will lose those motions in front of this judge and then try to take what's called an interlocutory appeal or a writ of mandamus. What does that mean? That means try to take the case to the Court of Appeals, the appellate court, before the trial, not after the trial, only if he's convicted. And we'll have to wait and see whether an appellate court would agree to consider whether or not these motions uh, should or should not be granted. That's going to be the key issue in terms of delay and time. Does the jury really have to reach a unanimous decision? Is it written in our laws? There's nothing in the Constitution that says unanimous, but the Supreme Court has said over and over again, you need unanimity. There were a couple of states that tried to make it nine to three, and now that's been struck down. So that needs to be unanimous, of course, in the federal court. It's always need to be unanimous. They never change the rules on that. What do you think about the case with, with Alan Spector? Senator Alan Spector uh, defended the guy in France who had been found guilty of murdering a woman in the United States. Do you think it's right for a defense criminal lawyer to defend the murderer? I'm not sure you're right about the Spector thing. I think you may have confused the name of the defendant with the name of the lawyer, but I am not sure about that. But the question is a good one. And the answer is yes. And John Adams was uh, willing to defend men who were charged with essentially murdering American patriots uh, during the Boston uh, massacre. I have, of course, defended people charged with murder. They've mostly been acquitted, so they're not guilty of murder as a matter of law. But some of them probably did commit the act. But that's what the legal system is all about. And the more serious the crime, uh, the more you have to defend them. So I'm very proud of the fact that I defended uh, people who you think committed murder but, uh, you know, the jury of the appellate court said, no, Klaus von Bülow was acquitted by a jury. O.J. Simpson was acquitted by a jury. Many of my other clients were convicted. Then I came into the case on appeal and got the convictions reversed on appeal. My, my record in murder cases is over 90% success rate. Um, so, um, yeah, I will continue to defend people accused of murder, and, and some of them will be guilty. You know, we live in a system where most of the people charged with crime are guilty. Thank God for that. Would you want to live in a country with a majority of people charged with crime or innocent? If so, move to Iran, move to Syria, move to China. In the United States, the majority of people charged with crime are guilty, and we want to keep it that way. And the way to keep it that way is for lawyers like me to continue to defend vigorously, ethically, correctly, 
everybody, even people charged with murder. All right. Next week, we'll be continuing uh, on our watch. Uh, uh, we'll see how many bananas can be added to uh, the three that I've now said. We're, we're, we're up to three on a scale of 10 toward a banana republic. Uh, let's see if we add or subtract. If, um, if Trump were to pardon, um, uh, I'm sorry, if Biden were to pardon Trump, I would take away two bananas. That's not going to happen. See you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.